At White House Senior Living, our residents feel right at home. Our vibrant facility offers delightful activities and outings, round-the-clock professional care, and exquisite house-made meals. Well, I've been eating everything that's put in front of me. But I've been eating all, all Italian foods, basically. And ice cream. And ice cream. Chocolate chip ice cream. White House Senior Living, where residents feel like presidents. That's right. It's At Jake here with, uh, I'm scrolling through X, so you don't have to. White House Senior Living. Come on. That's funny. You know it's funny. All right, let's get going. There's a lot going on today, and we're going we're gonna to spoof through all of this. Uh, oh, one more funny. One more funny. I love this thing. And we're going to watch this real quick. Hang on. Let me get it up on the screen. Uh, another another uh, Hunter and his dad, a little bonding time between father and son. If you have a piece of crack cocaine no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand, one quarter of one dollar, we passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself and others, a law that says... You're caught with that. You go to jail for five years. You get no probation. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Under our forfeiture statutes, you can, the government can, take everything you own. Everything from your car to your house, your bank account, not merely what they confiscate in terms of the dollars from the transaction that you just got caught engaging in. They can take everything. I don't care why they become a sociopath. We have an obligation to you. cordon them off from the rest of society. They are in jail. Do as I say, not Away as I do. From my mother, your husband, our families. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. A lot of funny stuff up on the X, on the old X today, and I'm here for all of it. Now, I'll tell you what. Today, there were so many friggin' news stories that I, I, I just spent like the last two hours, and I had to eliminate half of the stuff that I wanted to cover that I had saved in my little file. But let's talk about let's talk about the immigration problem because there's a lot of stuff floating on 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 Twitter X right now regarding immigration. Let's kick it off with uh you know our our Lord Supreme uh, the Master himself uh, Mr. Trump, and let's get it going. And I've got a few of these so we can play back to back. We have millions and millions of people here. It is not sustainable. Did you see in New York City with it getting? The regular students out, and they're putting migrants in their place. Yep, we covered it we yesterday. We're going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from. We have no choice. Uh, can you do something about the sanctuary cities? Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Well, they're going to be ended because the Democrats are going to end them because oh, you can't sustain it. If you look at New York, you have a mayor of New York who now is really hostile to the administration because... New York City, that's my place. I love New York. It's gone. It's had a tough time. We have millions and millions of people here. Okay. Uh, that's not- Trump talking about it. Let's get. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going because there's a bunch of these. Um, it, okay. And here's the, here's the mind-boggling thing. Uh, the Democrats out there believe that the answer, the answer to this problem is for you to take these illegal immigrants and put them in your home. And it's not just one governor of Massachusetts that I'm going to play first. Uh, New York is saying the same thing. If you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. No, securing the borders is our most pressing need. Family. You can contact the Brazilian Worker Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of how about fuck you? Why I agree with this guy. Fucking house them. It's funny how when the governor of Texas starts sending busloads to your city, you don't want them no more, but you call yourself a sanctuary city. I'm not housing them. Fuck no. Homeless vets should be priority, not kicking them out of fucking hotels for these illegals. Which they've done. Which they've done. So, again... 
okay. Uh, yeah. So hold on. Let me. Uh, so I was talking to a, a a good buddy, a good friend of mine yesterday, and he was saying, you know, uh, you shouldn't cuss so much. Well, there's ways around that. But I get what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's keep it going. We're still on the immigration train. Uh, Adams. Uh, the governor of New York, he also, according to the uh, New York Post, uh, I didn't see the video for this, but Adams floats the idea of New Yorkers housing migrants in private residences. Uh, Adams and the governor of Massachusetts, Massachusetts, that's a tongue twister. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, so, so you know, I, I, think, I think this lady right here, now let me get her name again, because she's a congresswoman from New York, um, Congresswoman Clark. Now, I think she's going to get reprimanded by the Democratic Party uh, because I think she let a cat out of the bag that she wasn't supposed to let out of the bag. Okay? Why are the immigrants here? Why are the Democrats, you know, doing this false facade that, oh, it's the Republicans that are not cooperating at the border? Uh, I think this lady right here, Congresswoman Clark, she accidentally let the the cat out of the bag of why she she doesn't mind them being here. Okay? So take a listen to this. It, it, this is what it's all about, folks, right here. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. We have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. And, I, that, you know, when I hear uh, colleagues talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn, I, I'm saying, you know, I, I need more people in my district but just for redistricting purposes. What? And those members could could clearly uh, fit here. Just, just for all right, let me rewind purposes. that. Let me rewind that. Hold on. Let's pause purposes. this. Let's pay real close attention to what she says right here. Here we go. Here we go. Here's here's some of the motivation behind it. Just for redistricting purposes. And those me- for redistricting person for the votes, for the votes, for the votes. Let's keep going here. Uh, this is I don't know who this was, but it's something that Elon, Mo- oh, uh, Elon Musk posted. Uh, and here we go. Take a listen. Politically, having over 500 people in our community would completely wipe out any interest we have. Well, are you aware that there are immigrant advocates at state houses all over this country who are who are advocating for non-citizen voting in local elections? What if that happened here? That would change the mindset of what we as a black community need to thrive here in Chicago. That's a concern of ours. Should be a concern. This is much bigger than the mayor of Chicago or Chicago Police Department. This is an effort to destroy our neighborhoods and silence our voices even further. Well, it's going to silence the voice of Americans. Uh, this guy's focused on black Americans, and it's true. It's true. You bring you bring these mass amount of people into your communities. Well, what's your vote going to do when you're outnumbered? You know, with, with, with thousands of people coming to communities. So we just hit that fast. We hit a guy from Chicago, we hit a governor from Massachusetts, I can't say it, and we hit uh, the governor of New York, all, all, complaining about this problem. Uh, I think, I don't know about Massachusetts being a, 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 what do you call that, a sanctuary state or city. I don't know if Boston is, but we definitely know Chicago and New York are. Uh, Here's a little bit more. Rand Paul is going in on this. Uh, let's take a listen to what he has to say. This one's a little longer. Senator, this border deal that the Republicans are cooking up that Chuck Schumer and apparently Mitch McConnell and others are going to agree to, to that, you say? It's a sellout. It's going to continue to allow illegal immigration, particularly migrants. It's saying, oh, we'll let 5,000 people come illegally a day, and then after that we might try to stop the next 5,000 that day. It's completely a sellout, but it's because people like Senator McConnell care more about Ukraine than anything else, more than the border, more than anything else. He wants to send $60 billion of your money to Ukraine. Do you think he would prefer Biden or Trump in the White House? I think that uh, on this issue, he is more aligned with Biden. On the issue of funding, sending your money to Ukraine and sending it everywhere around the world, McConnell is much more closely aligned with Biden than he is with the Republican Party. Rand Paul, casual. This is casual <laughs> Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Mitch McConnell, basically, they came to an agreement. They're trying to pass something or they passed it. I'm not too sure, but this is floating around on X uh, that, you know, 
Five thousand a day. We're gonna that that's the compromise. As long as we get our money to the Ukraine, uh, the Republicans, Mitch McConnell is gonna get on board and say, yeah, up to five thousand dollars a day, and then we'll you know we'll we'll shut the gate at five thousand. The you know what what is what is so uh, interesting about this is they're talking about allowing five thousand a day. Well, how about we allow none? I mean, it, it that that just the way that it's stated is this is being allowed. This is. This is acts that are happening in the United States along our borders, and it's being allowed because we're not enforcing our borders. It's really pathetic, okay? Um, here, once again, we went over yesterday about all the parents in the, in the at the high school, or was it a high school, in New York where they're housing illegal immigrants. Uh, the parents are out today, and they are protesting, uh, and I love the way they protest. Shame on you. So basically, it's a shit show out there. I mean, this is this is just the parents. You've got pro-migrant people. You have the parents there. It's just people going back and forth. I love the whole argument of shame on you shame on you uh, that's so poetic and so uh uh juvenile <laughs> i don't shame on you shame on you they should be throwing shoes at each other uh here's representative mary miller uh, saying we cannot fund our own invasion i joined my fellow conservatives today to say that if biden will not shut down the invasion at the border we will shut down the invasion at the border. Well, good luck with that, Mary, because Texas tried that. Texas tried to put up those uh, container walls, and the feds came in and took that down. Uh, other states were putting barbed wire at the border, and the feds came and took it down. Then the then the Biden administration turned around and said, oh, the Republicans are not cooperating. How much of this are we going to take? Anyway, here's Mary Miller. Illinois actually is a sanctuary state rolling the red carpet out, expanding benefits for illegals. Biden and the Democrats have advertised, facilitated, and incentivized this invasion. Last week, after going down to the border with Speaker Johnson, I stayed an extra day to go visit a Texas ranch. Their ranch is being destroyed by illegals. They, they, the migrants are coming over by the thousands. The clothing piled up was knee-high. Uh, they, their pecan trees have been destroyed, and they have found hundreds of bodies this past year on their property. I will it's not pathetic. vote to fund the invasion of our country, and I will not vote to fund the government until we shut down and secure the border. We must secure the border or stop funding the Biden government that is orchestrating this invasion. Illinois actually is a sanctuary state. There we go. Mary Miller going at it hard. Uh I know she's acting like she has some balls, like she's going to do something about it. We'll see. Other other people have tried. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and this was interesting because this was a New York City uh, Democrat that is coming out and saying enough is enough. Let's see if I can get this to play. Here we go. Oh, I had it. Me now is Democrat New York Assembly member Jamie Williams, who's also a parent of a student at James Madison High School. Assemblywoman, thank you for joining us. I know you went to the school last night. Um, you're a parent yourself, and your reaction to what happened and the response from the officials. Thank you, Laura, for having me. Um, definitely um, concerning as a parent, as a representative for the area, very disruptive to our students. It's not fair to our parents. Um, I was also there this morning, and the community is just outraged because here you have the migrants being placed over our own children and our community. What's next? Well, Assemblywoman, you found this poster directing the migrants to local government Okay, we get the gist of it. Including yourself. This is a long one. We don't need to watch it all. Uh, but even, you know, even, even the Democratic, I don't know if she's Assemblywoman or, or what a district, what I, I have no idea what she was. But she's obviously a politician in New York. She's a Democrat, and she is even bucking the system. Now, uh, like I said earlier, my buddy that was saying that I can't, you know, I should, you know, I need to keep it clean. Well, you know, I'm just going to find posts that express my opinion. And this right here, 
I believe, sums up everything. It's all the thoughts that are in my head being projected by this woman uh, regarding this whole situation. Here we go. Take a listen. This is what the fuck happens when you vote for skin tone. This is what happens when you vote because you're so damn desperate you want a woman in office. The only reason why slow-ass Joe then got his ass as president is because of that glitch bitch Kamala. Everybody was so desperate to put a black woman, which she ain't black, as vice president. And now the whole country fucked the fuck up. The whole country. How the hell you bring in all these illegals and don't know where the fuck to put them? <laughs> Just for votes. Because the dad folks voting didn't work. We done caught on to that bullshit. And now y'all gonna take all them cheering out of school. Why the fuck did y'all choose Chicago? So now most of them children are black children gotta sit at home because y'all don't... Man, y'all getting on my motherfucking nerves. Y'all sitting up there doing this shit to mostly minority black children. But Trump the racist. No, you motherfuckers are racist. I'm getting sick of this shit for real. I'm dead ass serious. Y'all better fix this shit. What about the fucking parents? All those black people that fund and keep the goddamn school open, they children got to sit the fuck at home and they got to figure out what the fuck to do. How the fuck they supposed to work? I'm telling you, Joe and Ho, y'all got to fucking go. <laughs> I'm to march to the fucking United States government. I'm for real. I'm for real. I'm fixing to join motherfucking Trump because ain't no way, Ho. Ain't no motherfucking way. Fix this shit. Now. My motherfucking now. Joe and Ho. I love that. Joe and Ho. Uh, you know what? That that lady, she expresses my innermost feelings, my inner dialogue that goes on about all this stuff that's been happening. I mean, I think there's a lot of Americans that feel that exact same way. We do. We're sick of it. We're sick of it. Joe, <laughs> Joe and the Ho. Joe and the Ho. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, what was this one? Oh, this was the... Yeah, this I think we can skip past this. There's so many news stories today. This is just another uh, story about the migrants being housed. Uh, but this is interesting. So how how has this this new era of Bidenism? How is it affecting uh, the vote? Well, when we when we specify down to the Republican Party, this is a long video, but it breaks it out pretty good about how the tide is changing, at least within the Republican Party, uh, regarding this upcoming election and the mass support that they have Iowa caucuses. for New Trump. polling shows former President Trump making larger inroads with two key groups when compared to 2016, evangelicals and first-time caucus goers. NBC News national political correspondent Steve Bernanke is with us from the big board. Steve, what are the latest polls showing us about Trump's gain with these two groups? I'm just... I... I'm, yeah, yeah, get over. No you're flabbergasted. E evangelical voters at this point. <laughs> it, it's a, just in terms of the numbers on this, I'll show you here in a second, it is a dramatic, uh, pick your adjective, dramatic turnaround, I'll, I'll say since 2016, in terms of where Trump stands with the evangelicals. We've seen this nationally, and I think it's the biggest story in Iowa. Just as a refresher, eight years ago, Iowa caucuses, first time in the 2016, uh, first contest of the 2016 uh, process. Remember, Trump lost Iowa. He came in second to Ted Cruz. He barely held off Marco Rubio for third place. Remember, there were a couple days there after Iowa in 2016. People were saying, hey, maybe this Trump thing will all fall apart. He ended up winning New Hampshire, turning it around. But the reason, the overriding reason that Donald Trump lost Iowa in 2016 is right here. This is the exit poll from the caucuses. This is the evangelical vote. About 64 percent of the Iowa Republican electorate in 2016 was evangelical. And look, Ted Cruz won it. He won it by double digits, 34 to 22 over Donald Trump. So Cruz with a double digit win among evangelicals. There was a lot of resistance, a lot of skepticism. Trump had some support with evangelicals, but Cruz was the candidate of the evangelicals in Iowa in 2016, and he won the state. So that was 2016. Our most recent NBC News Des Moines Register poll out of Iowa. This is about a month old, but this is what we've been 
seeing all year among evangelicals. Look at the turnaround. Wow. Trump, who was losing by 12 to Ted Cruz, now with an outright majority, 51 percent of the evangelical vote, basically two to one over his nearest foe, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, barely in double digits. Fifty one percent. That tracks, by the way, with Trump in that poll, his overall support in Iowa. We also had at 51 percent. And just the history of this, we said Ted Cruz in 2016, he won the evangelical vote in Iowa. He won the caucuses. Rick Santorum, 2012, won the evangelical vote, won the caucuses. Mike Huckabee, 2008, evangelical vote caucuses. That's why Donald Trump, the biggest reason Trump has been winning and winning big in these Iowa polls. But we mentioned that other group. This is always a wild card group in caucuses. First time caucus goers can often be about 40 percent of the uh, caucus electorate. Here is a group that Trump won in 2016, although it was close. He got 30 percent Cruz Rubio both in the 20s. So this was a group that kept Trump in the game in 2016. It wasn't enough to win the state for him. But look at this. When you look now Holy cow. Poll at first time caucus goers, Trump mm. with a 51 point advantage over his nearest foe here, Ron DeSantis. So he's had those two groups not just change in, in terms of one going for him that wasn't before. They have both exploded in terms of him now just winning outright majorities. Huge differences. Uh, you can see that the the Republican Party is kind of uh, it's, it's like, OK, OK, I'm not going to waste my vote on somebody else. Even if I don't like Trump, uh, we're going for Trump because we got to put it into this. Trump is the most likely to win, and that's where my vote is going. That says a lot about the condition of the uh, Republican voters right now, especially regarding such things as the Iowa caucus. Okay, let's keep on going down the train. Uh, and, 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 you know, voter fraud, all this other kind of stuff is burning up on X. It's all over the place. Um, this is what Trump has to say about that. This is a two-minute clip, so it's a little long. But let's take a listen to what he has to say. And I agree with this. I think we should just go. We need voter ID. We need paper ballots. We need to put it into the shenanigans. We were going to pay down debt. We're going to reduce taxes further. We gave the He'll get to it here in just a second. In history. And we were going to pay down debt further. And we were doing a great job. And then uh, we had a very unfortunate election. Now, uh, I know who you're involved with, so I can say it here. But sometimes I say you'll cut it out. So, you know, why? what's the purpose? But... We had a rigged election. We don't cut anything out. No, you out. don't. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say it with you. We had a rigged election. It was rigged, 100% rigged. And the question I get most is, number one, how do you take it? And I take it, I guess, because genetically I take it. I think I also take it because we're doing so well. We're leading everybody by so much. Mm -hmm. So that helps. Uh, but the other question I get the most, probably number two, maybe number one sometimes, is... Uh, how do we stop them from cheating? People ask me, will they do it again, sir? Of course. Because, you know, I'm in Florida now, and I drive to various locations and airports and places. Every house has a Trump sign on it. Trump 2024. We got all the votes we need. The risk is what's going to happen during election period. It used to be election day or election night. They'd say election night. But today you don't have that. You have 60 days, 40 days, 30 days. You have some states where they have eight days to count the vote after the election is over. It's ridiculous. You have an election when you have to count the vote for. And, you know, the machines are supposed to speed up the process, right? We ought to go to all paper, all paper. You know, they have now watermark paper. It's incredible what you can do with paper. Right. But we go all paper, same day voting and voter ID, a little thing like voter ID. The Democrats are violently against voter ID because it will make it very hard for them to cheat. Can you imagine somebody saying, we don't want voter ID? You know. Well, I know who does. And those are the, the Democrats. And they do for the very reason you're intimating. Yeah. Uh, they cheated in 2020. They cheated in 2022. Those are statements of fact. Yep. They're not, you can, somebody can dispute them, but it's, the facts are straightforward. Boom. 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 And I agree 100% on that. You know, I'm not the biggest Trump fan in the world, but God damn, I'll take Trump over what we got going on right now. That is for sure. All right. Here's Vivek. Vivek talking. I can't remember exactly. Okay. Vivek. Uh, um, oh, yeah. He's, he. This is his forecast of how what he believes the powers that be are trying to do. The system wants to narrow this down to a two horse race between Donald Trump and a puppet who they can control. And it has become increasingly clear that puppet is not a Democrat. It's not even Gavin Newsom. 
It's Nikki Haley. It's in our own party. Well, today, one more step in that plot unfolds. Chris Christie drops out. Next up, I'm going to make a prediction. You're actually going to see Ron DeSantis join Nikki Haley's ticket. He's going to be her VP. The whole game, it's hiding in plain sight. Whatever it takes. And this system will stop at nothing. And I mean nothing to eliminate Donald Trump from contention. It's disgusting. But the same people who have said they're not going to actually take a principled stand against Trump's removal from the ballot. Haley and DeSantis are both in that category. Do the math, people. That's next up. Ron DeSantis is after Iowa. Everybody, including Chris Christie, apparently got a phone call from Ron DeSantis. Panicked was the word that Chris Christie used. This is the way the plot's going. Ron may not know this. Ron DeSantis may not know this. But that's what his donors are going to make him do. That's what's coming next. Ron DeSantis will become Nikki's VP. Whether or not Ron knows it, it's not really his choice. He's not the one in charge of that decision. And then the plot continues. We have to open our eyes and not fall into their trap. Our America First agenda cannot end. Our movement cannot end with Donald Trump when they take him out from contention. And if you think this system is going to even let this man get anywhere near the White House, we need to open our eyes. We need to do the right thing for our country. They are selling us the rope today that they're going to use to hang us tomorrow. Do not fall into the trap, people. And that's why I'm here. Well, let's see if Vivek has that right. Uh, he's predicting the future. I don't know. That's his opinion, man. That's his opinion. Is he going to be? I'd like to see how this plays out. Maybe he knows something we don't. I don't know, but he seems pretty sure of himself. Um, man, I'm going to skip this one. That's too long. It was another Vivek. Um, and basically what it is here, I'll show it to you. But it's kind of long. And basically what he does is the media is asking him questions, and he just flips it back to the media, and he tells everybody, hey, raise your hands if you can admit that you lied about the Russia collusion, if you lied about Hunter Biden's laptop and the Russian disinformation. And uh, raise your hand if you can acknowledge that COVID, the leak was from the Wuhan lab. All these stories that the mainstream media uh, pushed aside or disinformed the American people, or even when the facts came out, still you know kept it a little... Uh, 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 hidden, hidden. And of course, the media, well, I'm going to talk about it for five minutes. I guess I should have just played it, but the media would not fess up to any of that. Now let's get to the next. This is interesting. Now this was posted by Rob Schneider and it's two minutes long and it's kind of boring. Basically what he's doing, he's showing pictures of nut sacks and he's saying that the spike protein is in, is, is in the nut sacks of, of these young, uh, I'll play it. I was trying to condense it so we didn't have to watch the whole thing because it is a little bit boring but it's worth the end so just stick with me listen to this this is this is the the result of a mass americans being vaccinated this is a german scientist take a listen shows that uh, actually we could confirm that the spike protein is produced in the deltoid muscles where the vaccine is uh, is uh, uh, administered injected but we could show it in almost all organs, more or less uh, explicitly. And here you see a case uh, where we show the testes. And uh, you, you can see that uh, in this 28-year-old man who had a healthy son uh, and who died 140 days after injection, the spike protein is strongly expressed in the uh, spermato, uh, spermatogenic uh, organ in the testes, and you can see there are almost no spermatocytes in here, but uh, and uh, it's strongly expression of. Uh, so he's talking about spike, spike proteins protein in the testes. In Let me see if I can get to where he really starts. Also in. We fast forward to where he gives his own opinion. Uh, he's using different examples of different males. So, if I may make a Here we go. personal comment, uh, this is not a scientific comment. Uh, if I were a woman in fertile age, I would not plan a motherhood from a person, from a man who has been vaccinated, unless. I think these pictures are very disturbing, very disturbing. Boom. Okay, uh, so basically what he's saying there is like the, the, there's, there's he is finding medical evidence of these people that are vaccinated, spike proteins in the testes, uh, and a lack of sperm. And he said straight out his own opinion is um, if you're a fertile woman that wants to have kids, 
don't be going after a man that's been vaccinated, especially these guys that got the five, six, seven boosters or whatever it was. Just stay away from it. Now, on that same note regarding vaccinations, this is a Navy whistleblower, and uh, I forget his name. He's, uh, da, 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 da. well, anyways, this is the start of the Alex Jones show. It's posted by Alex Jones, but this is a whistleblower from the Navy, and what he's talking about is the percentages of rises of these medical conditions amongst the Navy, and this is after vaccinations. Take a listen. This is This will blow your mind. So we got hypertensive disease, 36%, ischemic heart disease, 69%, pulmonary heart disease, 62%, heart failure, 973%, other forms of heart disease, 63%, cardiomyopathy, 152%. Is that amazing or what? So that was Ted Macy, an absolute hero, not only for his service already to the people of the United States and the people of the world, but coming forward with this DMED data to expose just how deadly this has been for the U.S. military. Well, Ted has been fighting to get this out for over a year since the DMED data was released by the original whistleblowers and the DOD claimed that there was a glitch in the data and then they claimed that they fixed it. That's when Ted went in to, to, you know, make sure it was actually fixed. And when he saw all these problems, he decided to come forward and he went to uh, Senator Ron Johnson's office to become a whistleblower for this data. And the there is a lack of desire to get to the bottom of what is going on and why these increases have happened. And Ted isn't trying to imply that he knows the cause so much as he is trying to imply that we should be looking into the source of this cause which exactly okay so as you saw there he he said nine i, I figured exactly what he classified it as but a 960 percent raise in heart related issues amongst uh, people in the navy that that's insane what other correlation could there be salt water Salt water? Is it is something in the water? Is this Fukushima water that these Navy guys are being exposed to? No, it's the freaking vaccine, man. I mean, we just had one doctor that's talking about how the sperm counts down and there's spike proteins in the testicles. And he's advising people that if you want to have a kid, don't date one of these guys that's been multiple vaccinated. And then this this Navy, this Navy officer is talking about how how their incidences of all these diseases and problems, especially around the heart, are massively jumping by 950 whatever percent he said that is outrageous it's insane it's insane now i'll tell you what remember back in the day when fauci and all that other kind of stuff and they told us okay you need to keep your six foot distance right six foot distance and because of that businesses uh, uh, businesses across the country spent billions of dollars to put in plexiglass to limit people. They, uh, 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 you know, events, they were, they were blocking off roads, just everything that they could do possibly to keep people six feet away. Six feet away. It cost Americans billions of dollars. It cost restaurant owners billions of dollars. They had to move their restaurants outside onto the street. It cost money. It basically almost bankrupted this whole country for the six feet away. Well, it is disturbing, but it is true. And the New York Post is reporting that Fauci admitted to Congress that certain COVID social distancing guidelines lacked scientific basis. And they kind of just sort of happened. One of those was the whole thing about six feet of social distance. I can't believe that that we fell for this, that we fell for the sham. And Fauci, I wish he could be personally responsible for the billions of dollars that Americans lost trying to enforce his bullshit thing that he pulled out of his ass about six feet distancing. Oh, now this is the Wall Street Journal. This is the Wall Street Journal. Cancer is striking more young people, and the doctors are alarmed and baffled. What's the common denominator here? Researchers are trying to figure out what is making more young adults sick and how to identify those at high risk. This is the Wall Street Journal. Cancer. It's striking more young people. What's a common denominator? What has changed? What are we doing different? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Now, let's get a little lighthearted. We, we did this comedian the other day. I forget who it was. It's Carlos Simancas. I, I, I don't know. But I just saw this. It's kind of funny. Hang on. Let me get it blown up. 
All right, let's try this again. Let's get it blown up. Take a listen. Are you sick, ma'am? <laughs> are you are you wearing that for safety or just to let everybody know who you're voting for? <laughs> I think she's laughing, I can't tell. Thank you for coming, despite your... Uh, everything about you. Good stuff, cracking on the, the lady wearing a mask in the audience if you're watching, if you're listening to the audio-only portion of this. And if you are listening to the audio-only portion of this, remember that you can catch this. I, I think it's gonna, I'm going to post it on YouTube and... Maybe we'll get back on Rumble. I don't know. I'm just kind of testing the waters, trying a bunch of different new things. Anyways, uh, Babylon B, thank God to Elon Musk for getting them back on Twitter. And this is a Babylon B headline, so of course it's satirical and fake, but I love it anyways. And it says here that uh, Boeing CEO assures nervous flyers that all 737 aircraft are built to the highest diversity standards. That's funny shit right there. That's funny. That's funny. You might not think it's funny. I think it's very funny. Doors falling off. They found the door, by the way. Uh, I, I, I didn't put that in here, but there was a guy that found it in his backyard. Uh, everybody was looking for that door that came off that 737, and he finally found it in his backyard. So the door is in. in, in the, it'll probably just get slapped right back on the plane. Okay, this is out of Chicago. And this, this is amazing. What do you think is going to happen? In Chicago, 77,000 devices went missing that were handed out to kids at public schools, especially during the lockdown and during the whole COVID restrictions. Uh, remember, the lockdown, the COVID restrictions, because we had to keep people six feet separated. That was all bullshit for the Fauci pulled out of his ass. And so we had to spend $23 million and just lost devices that went missing in Chicago. It's amazing. This is, this is, this is the trouble that Fauci put us through. Tens of thousands of laptops, iPads, and other electronics are missing from Chicago public schools. An inspector general's report found 77,000 devices were reported lost or stolen during the 2021-2022 school year. Total value, $23 million. The devices went missing after students took them home for remote learning during the pandemic. CPS spent $2.5 million on tracking software, but did not use it, saying it was flawed. Our work uncovered an incident where there were a pair of siblings, a brother and a sister at a school who between them lost nine or 10 devices. And there's no record or indication that the school district or anyone reached out to the family, mentioned that this was an issue, tried to figure out what had happened. CPS says in a district of our size, some device loss is expected, but we remain concerned about the loss of any public asset. The district is now working on improving device tracking, has recovered 12,000 laptops so far. Aviation All right, there we go. There we go. IPads Hold on. Yeah, pause. Calm down. Calm down. All right. $23 million in lost devices. Well, that's pretty outrageous. Oh, I love this story. So there's this. This is down in, I believe it was Brazil. Yeah, the Brazilian police, allegedly, because this is posted on X. It could be real. It could be not. It could be false. I don't know. I'm just traveling down the rabbit hole with you, so you don't have to. But uh, Brazilian police, they couldn't arrest this notorious thief because he was under 18 years old. Uh, so they conducted a home operation and happened to show up on his birthday. And here's the officers showing up on his 18th birthday when they are able to arrest him. And this is what they did. And I think this is comedy gold right here. Enjoy that Coca-Cola, kid. Look on his face, man. He knows what's going down. Oh, they even brought him a birthday cake and some coke. All right. I wish I knew what they were saying in English, but we know they were singing happy birthday. That's just classic. That's classic. Yeah, we're going to keep an eye on you. Uh, Bill Clinton, um, <laughs> he just can't get away from it. you got to listen close. I'm going to turn up the volume ahead of time on this to hopefully you can hear the the timing, the comedic timing of somebody in the audience, uh, what they yell out to Bill Clinton as he's making an address. Okay, so listen closely. I'm going to get my face out of the way. Take a listen. Uh, this is great. This is great. I know the quality on this video is horrible, but here, take a listen. Nobody can dispute the fact that you're a rapist. That we need. <laughs> Let me rewind it. Nobody can dispute the fact, and then the audience calls out that you're a rapist. That's so good. So good. Nobody can dispute the fact that you're a rapist. That we need. Oh, 
Yeah, you better laugh about it, Bill. That's all you can do. That's all you can do is laugh about it. That's all you can do. Just chuckle. Give a little chuckle. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You, there's no argument there, is there, Billy? Huh? Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, so Ray Epps, the Ray Epps loudmouth that was on the January 6th. And, and by the way, by the way, hold on, let me bring this up. Uh, Epic Times, Epoch Times, depend on where you're from, what you want to call it. But Epic Times, it's on X. You can watch it for free. It's about an hour and 46 minutes, and they did this documentary. It's allegedly unbiased, but Epoch Times, we know they're a little, you know, they're a little right. But anyways, they they broke down what was going on on January 6th, uh, where the people are that were arrested, where they are now. Uh, they break down uh, uh, three incidents where the uh, Proud Boys were involved. Not that I support the Proud Boys, but they, they, they get in there. It's a really good documentary. I strongly encourage every American to give it a watch. Take a look. Take a look. Um, and so one of the people in there is Ray Epps, which a lot of people that have the conspiracy here on X has said that this guy was definitely an FBI informant. Um, allegedly, you know, we don't know that. But what we do know is the guy was caught on camera yelling into the crowds, we're going inside the Capitol. We need to go inside the Capitol. He was definitely an insurrectionist. He was a vocal insurrectionist. He was saying, we're going to break the law. We're going to go, we're going to trespass to where we can't go into a federal building. And we're going to, you know, we're going into the Capitol. Anyways, the guy got sentenced to a year of probation. A year of probation. When the when the leader of the Proud Boys, not that I support him, but at the same time, he wasn't even there. And he got way, you know, uh, 20 years in prison, I believe, was the sentence. Anyways, I, I just want to bring back this old clip. And this is the old clip where the FBI director was being asked if the uh, FBI had people on the ground, boots on the ground at the January 6th insurrection. Here we go. In September, Stephen D'Artano, formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th here in D.C., sir? Congressman, as we've discussed before, I'm not going to get into where we have or have not used confidential human sources. But what okay, I can we'll tell move you, on. you asked for a definitive We'll move answer. on. It's my time. You said no. You're not going to answer. That's cool. We're watching. Mr. Chairman, may you're, I answer you're, the question? The moment, moment will come. This is my time. That's right. In September... Stephen D'Artano, formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally. Oh, I guess I'm January watching it twice. I'm such an idiot. Okay, well, sorry for that. Uh, it is playing twice. I thought he was going on it, and I'm like, why is he rephrasing the same question? I thought that, my bad, okay? So what? I wasted 23 seconds of your time. You'll survive. You'll, it's, it's all right, okay? Um, but let's go on to this next, uh, next little clip. So that was just uh, refreshing the memory about that. Now, here's Tucker. Uh, he, who is he talking to? I don't know exactly who he was talking to, but this is kind of burning through X right now, and it has a good honorable mention uh, considering uh, what's been going on, especially with the Ray Epps uh, sentencing. Um, and this is, he's talking to some guy that's an expert. I don't know who it is. When you say that there were FBI assets in the crowd. How many? In the building beforehand and, and certainly outside. What's the scale of this? Are you talking like 10, 20? No. Um, based upon some very conservative, but like hard investigative effort evaluation of, of the numbers from putting together eyewitnesses and, and videos and, uh, and affidavit statement and whistleblower statements and, uh, court records that have been revealed through individual criminal cases where J6 defendants have been prosecuted and smart attorneys have forced uh, admissions by the DOJ and the FBI, but those admissions have been sealed within the parameter of that criminal case by protective order 
by the judge, so they, I, I can't share them, but I've seen them. So r- real hard, objective, and conservative um, estimates would, would put the number of FBI assets in the crowd, outside, and working inside at, at well over 200. 200? Yeah. 200. 200. Now, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this again. Watch the documentary on Epic Times, Epoch Times, whatever you want to call it. It's out there. It's free. It's on X. You can watch it. Watch that thing. Um, You know, it's one thing. We would totally expect the government, the FBI, to have boots on the ground, infiltrating amongst the crowd, to keep an eye on things, to, to, to understand, to be in there, to be ears, to listen to the crowd. If somebody says they're going to have a dirty bomb, they're going to blow something up. I mean, they need to be there. They need to have informants, FBI informants on the ground to be aware of any situations that could arise. That is totally justifiable and normal. What's not justify and normal is inciting people to violence. And if you watch that documentary on Epic Times, uh, it's amazing. Because there's a lot of people that haven't been identified, and their faces are right there. They have I- I identified hundreds of other people that were there on January 6th. But there's a lot of guys that were being very proactive, very proactive, busting windows. Ray Epps shouting, we're going into the Capitol. That appear to have been fueling what happened on January 6th and, and, and pushing the crowd to do things that they shouldn't have done. Take a look. Just watch it. Watch it with open mind. Take a look. It's eyewitnesses. It's people that were there. And, you know, on that note, whoops, burp, Ray Epps, who uh, uh, was definitely inciting. Uh, well, here's, I don't know if this is true, but this is posted by Baba Joe, Josie Jenkins. And this is allegedly a picture of Rachel Powell. And what it says here is Pennsylvania farm girl, a mother of eight kids and six grandchildren about to walk into the federal penitentiary to turn herself in for her 51-month prison sentence for protesting the 2020 election fraud after she already spent three years on house arrest. Man. Democrat women have pennies. Republican women have balls. Tears were shed, and it's heartbreaking to see her torn away from her children as she becomes a martyr. Rosa Parks and Nelson Mandela would be proud. I don't know if this is true, but if it is true, she's already been on three years of house arrest, and now she's going to a 51-month sentence when somebody like Ray Epps gets one year of pro it's if this is true i don't know it's posted on x is it true i don't know uh have we forgotten about what's going on in lahaina you know the the fires that have have, have you know happened there this is a post from uh, wall street apes so i'm sure it's authentic uh but it says here update on the lahaina maui fire devastation devastation zone in hawaii they have been abandoned and forgotten uh this guy claims that i could ask all the time how's the rebuilding going in lahaina well see for yourself what is it Five months after the fire, nothing's been done. No rebuilding. They put up some beautiful kids' paintings right here to color, you know, to make it nice and bright with colors, but no rebuilding has started whatsoever. Meanwhile, people still have to pay mortgages and are getting eviction notices, even though their houses burned down and they haven't got money from the insurance companies yet because they're dragging their feet. All right, he says dot, dot, dot. I'm going to say it's feet but I have a feeling it's something else. Ridiculous. So here, look at this video, and I got one more about Lahaina. I get asked all the time on TikTok. Well, if I knew he was going to say it. How's the rebuilding going in Lahaina? It's nothing. Well, see for yourself. What is it, five months after the fire? And nothing. Okay, nothing we get it. has been done. No rebuilding. And then there's this other post that I saw regarding Lahaina, and this is by Travis N. Flint, just some regular ex-user, but this is what he's saying. He's saying that the U.S. government won't allow insurance adjusters to take pictures or visit homes, so they can't approve insurance payouts to people who lost homes. The city won't approve a single permit so people can rebuild. The banks are still charging a mortgage, and people are falling behind, and the banks are going to take possession of that land. If what he's saying is true, now this is just down the rabbit hole regarding Lahaina, if what he's saying is true, if, if I, I hope to God that our system isn't so corrupt that this is intentional, to, 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 for people to lose their homes, not allow insurance companies in to 
pay off these homes and to the, the city's not allowing rebuilding. And it's like it's like forcing people to default on their mortgages so somebody can swoop in there and buy the property at rock bottom prices. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Now, this is a big rabbit hole. Uh, I don't know. But where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, that might, 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 not, might not be the right analogy for this particular uh, uh, instance. But where there's smoke, there's fire. And it is definitely pretty fishy. Now, over in, um, this is Oregon. And this is Portland, Oregon. And they've been putting up these billboards regarding their, uh, uh, their DA. Their district attorney. And one of them, his last name is Schmidt. And I love this. I love this. Uh, this is put up by the people for Portland. And it says, can you believe this, Schmidt? Because he was he was on the record saying, I grade myself, quite frankly, very highly, that he gave himself an A regarding the situation in Portland. And it says here on the billboard, Portland under D.A. Schmidt, record drug deaths, increased shootings, extreme vandalism, rampant car thefts. I believe I saw... Not in Portland, but in San Francisco, one out of 30 car owners has had their car broken into in San Francisco, which is ridiculous. Here's another billboard they put up. Record crime, check. Fewer prosecutions, checked. Empty jail beds, checked. Portland is a Schmidt show. Demand action now. Great. I'm glad to see somebody in Portland standing up to the nonsense that's out there. Now I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, this is all we got. Uh, this appears to be a new Trump campaign. Like I said, I'm not the biggest Trump supporter in the world, but let's take a listen. It is Barack Obama who corrupts the Justice Department. It is Hillary Clinton who routinely breaks the law and gets away with it. And now we have Joe Biden who's learned. He's learned from Obama that doesn't matter what you do, if you're a liberal Democrat, you will not be prosecuted. He learned from Hillary that a person in high public office can get millions and millions of dollars. And they learn from watching Donald Trump that a true outsider willing to take on the entire system could destroy their entire machine. So what you're seeing across the country is a desperate last ditch effort by a corrupt machine to destroy their most dangerous opponent. What you're witnessing is a continuation of the single greatest witch hunt of all time. These are ridiculous indictments, and all they're doing is hoping for massive election interference. Our enemies want to stop me because I am the only one who's going to be able to stop them. They want to silence me because I will never let them silence you. They want to take away my freedom because I will never let them take away your freedom. Make it out with the flag. We have one chance to save it, and that chance is called 2024. Well, they ain't lying. Uh, you know, I wish there was a better candidate than Trump, but if he's our best hope that we got to uh, get something back on Rick, back on track. You know, last last election, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't. I voted Libertarian. I voted Libertarian Party. And um, but this time around, you know, it's gotten so bad. And I know I'm in California. My vote really doesn't count for anything. This 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 state's going to go for Biden unless a miracle happens. Uh, but I don't think even if that miracle happened, I don't think it'd be counted correctly, um, which is sad. It's sad that you lose this much faith faith in our electoral process. But I'll tell you what, this year, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to endorse Trump and give it to him. I want the guy that has the most chance to succeed to get Biden out of the White House to win. Because to me, right now, anything is better than Biden and Kamala and, and the hoe, Joe and the hoe. Anyways, it's Jake. Scrolling through the news so you don't have to, and I will catch you later. Have a good one. Be good humans. Be good to people. I'll talk to you later.